live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The Jaguars, of course, fired Urban Meyer. Are allowed to put in requests and interview via Zoom coaches who are under employment from other teams, perhaps potentially coordinators. I know Byron Leftwich, former Jaguars uh, quarterback, and now Bucks OC, would fit in that list potentially. But I am told they do want to speak to two coaches who are currently unemployed. Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson, formerly of the Eagles, and Jim Caldwell, formerly of the Lions. And by the way, Trent Baalke, who is the GM now, will be retained and be involved with owner Shad Khan in the search. I'm told Baalke will report to Khan and work in sync with the new coach. <laughs> I love the Ian Rappaport's report there of like, oh, by the way. Like, oh, by the way, Trent Bulky will be retained. I guess he didn't think it would make this much noise. <laughs> well, I think he's probably asked about the head coaching stuff. <laughs> but it's like, oh, by the way, holy cow. Um, oh, by the way, this place is on fire over the last 24 hours because of that, oh, by the way. He could have just left it out and we would have been fine. We would have been <laughs> doing just a regular show talking about how I beat you in fantasy football. But no, yeah. had now, to bury the lead. Congratulations, by yeah, the way. Right. Uh, you earned it. And, and to be uh -huh. fair to you, uh -huh. uh, my guys, I, I was very good all year. I had a good team. You did, quality. Um, Kittle and Kamara oh, let yes. me down. And, and the receivers, like, it let me down over the last couple of weeks. Now, and I really can't blame COVID. I tried to today on Twitter. You did. But I can't blame COVID much because I really didn't get hit by COVID. Uh, I did. On the on the roster, yeah, you did with Kelsey out. I mean, you got a huge game from Kelsey. You really got the only good game out of anybody last week. Yes, So, that's fair. like, you did benefit from that. Uh, but, like, even Tom Brady, who's been unbelievable for me, he did nothing the last two weeks from a fantasy perspective. It's tough. You know, so, you got to look at that schedule ahead, figure out when Tom's playing the Saints. Maybe, hopefully not during playoff time. Yeah. But can't really uh, do nothing about that. So, congratulations. Good luck. I will say you'll have a hard time the next round. I, like, I thought – Yeah. I think the best team is – Aaron. Um, is, is Aaron, uh, who's actually boss man Aaron. This is like really kissing you-know-what time. Uh, yeah. But it's, but he has the best team. Like, he has mm -hmm. scored the most points all year in the league. He's, he's beat me twice already. Yeah, he's got a quality. So I actually beat him the last time out, but he just had a bad week. I mean, uh, he, he really has a good week. I would have put my money on him even if I had advanced. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, good luck. Uh, Thank you. You playing for third place or are you just going to, you know? Oh, no, I'll play for third. If that's right. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, you, so you will play Liv, and okay. whoever oh, gosh, wins that I can't give – Liv will be all over Twitter if she beats me. So I got to step it up here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, is it a one-week thing or two it's for two. me? It's two. It's two again. Okay. And the bottom line is here, I beat Austin. Yeah, we both did. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So really that's all that matters. Like, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't love that I lost to you, but I don't mind it. It's way better than losing to Austin. Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm assuming if I win, I won't be invited back. You know, yeah, first, no, first year in the league, win the whole thing. You know, that, that might not sit well with some. But at the end of the day, it's just uh, I'm built different when it comes to fantasy football. Um, by the way, we just got done with Tony Khan. We appreciate him coming on. It, listen, it's we, we set that up like a week ago with Tony about wrestling, kind of get the state. We thought it was good timing. Um, and, and he has done a tremendous job with that. I, I'm not a big wrestling fan, but I, it's hard not to notice. It's pretty cool to watch. But I also think, okay, he is doing a nice job with Fulham this year. I know they've been relegated a couple of times, but they are very good. Yeah. Looks like they're getting better and better in terms of talent acquisition. So can you transfer any of that over to this organization? Can you take a bigger role? I mean, I'm not saying Tony Khan should be the GM. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's probably a little crazy. But do, he's going to own the team someday. Like, this is his team. Yeah. And so, Tony, I, like, could, could you see Tony Khan being like, 
maybe without like the take the personality of Jerry Jones out, but the role Jerry Jones played where he had impact on who was in the locker room. Yeah. You know, like, and he has. And by the way, they've built a pretty good team. And I know Stephen Jones is doing a lot of it too now. But could he take on that kind of role down the road, given the successes he's had, like building a wrestling Absolutely. outfit to rival one of the great entities, by the way, of all time? Yeah. In yeah. the WWE. And, and, We'll see what happens with Fulham. I mean, let's not be too dramatic. I mean, they have, and it's in sports versus entertainment is is different. But I just wonder that down the road, like who knows when Tony will assume most of the role. Uh, but Shotcon in an article with Gene Fournette in, in like uh, the last month said, "Hey, this is staying in the family." So that uh, that'll be interesting to see if Tony, like where the wrestling's at by then, right? I mean, the guy only has so much time. He like actually pushes the button for these shows, you know. Oh yeah, like I mean, so he's that guy. He's he's that involved with. It. And he said he's in charge of transfers for Fulham. So I mean, the the guy. Like long story short, the transfer window. There's only um, two of them per year in in uh, European soccer. That's how that works. Just in soccer in general, that's how that works. So, but you have to like scout all year long. So the point I'm trying to make here is, guy's pretty busy. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is. He's but I love busy. your idea though, because yeah. to your point, AEW versus WWE like no one would compete with WWE for the longest time and AEW flat out has a better roster than WWE does right now they went and got guys like CM Punk Brian Danielson and so many others Cody Rhodes of course obviously leading the way Kenny Omega um but at the end of the day the roster is better it's fan favorites that people like and I can't stress this to you enough if you don't watch wrestling and you don't understand CM Punk was out of it for seven years and everybody tried to get this man to come back. And Tony Khan did that on an organization that's only been around for three years. So if you look at that and what, if you understand what that meant for wrestling and like what that meant as a brand, AEW has the potential to overtake WWE. It's probably just a matter of time. So yeah, I would say if you can get to a point where Tony Khan's running the Jags, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to jump to be like, hey, we just had Tony on, and now I think you should run the draft. I, I don't know about that. But I do think, I don't know, like maybe Tony needs to be the advisor. Like what we're talking about in as an executive vice president sort of role, like now we envision Tom Coughlin. Well, Coughlin's way more involved in that role than anybody else. You know who else is a president of football, I think, operations in the NFL? Who? In no Buffalo, way? Kim no. Pagula. Okay. She's an owner. Right. So she's, I think that her title is president. I don't think she's making football decisions, but she's like a, a, a voice. She's actively involved. And what she did and they did as an organization is went and got Greg McDermott. And then it was her and McDermott who then hired Bean. Like, I don't understand why we couldn't go that route here in Jackson. Yeah. Like, I really don't. Like, now, listen, you got to hit on it again. It only works if it works. But... My point being is, like, I feel like Trent Baalke, in a way, is part of this interview process because of the timing. He has to have somebody with football knowledge in there to do the coaching hires because they can't sit around and wait on the coach. There's too many candidates, and they've got to jump on everybody else with only two openings in the league. So you want to go get the best guy. So why wait until everybody else is going to go hire or fire, and then, and then you have more competition? So my view on, like, the Trent Baalke thing is the Jags right now are have Baalke, we're retaining him because he's got, like, football knowledge. Well, 
I don't know if you need that per se. I mean, you, you know, Tony, by the way, has football knowledge. Why can't Tony and Shad and whoever else help hire the next coach and then Tony and Shad and the next coach hire GM? Like, that's, I believe, how it went down in Buffalo. I've got to double-check that now that I say it out loud. But I believe that's how it went down. So why can't you do it like that? I mean, and yeah. I think you can. Like, again, I don't think the Jags were totally wrong with having a coach-centric system in place with Urban. I thought that was a good way to do it. Problem is, Urban made a disaster of it. So they picked the wrong guy. There are some people who believe the executive vice president role of Tom Coughlin was the right way to frame the organization from a brass position, from an administrative position. The problem is, he got the wrong guy because Tom in his DNA was not like hands off, yeah, okay, I'll check on that, check on. He was like, no, let's do this drill in practice, all right? I mean, that's the way Tom is. So, it, it, and, and I'm not saying he did that all the time, but you get my point, it just didn't fit. It, it wasn't the right person. Uh, you have plenty of people. I've talked to a lot of people that think that is not a bad way to go. And there are plenty of personnel people out there from the, the Dorseys to the Piolis to uh, what I said today is go throw a ton of money at uh, at uh, Tony Dungy. Like I, I said that, that last night, mm -hmm. like go get Tony Dungy and go get Dave, uh, Dave Cole, sorry, Jim Caldwell and then hire a GM between Dungy and Caldwell. Like all of a sudden you make your place as respected of a place as there is in the NFL with those two guys. Does Dungy give you Caldwell vibes, though, like the drill part of it and running practice? or No, no he doesn't, though. That's, you mean Coughlin. Like, no, I, yeah. I don't think he would be like that. No, I, I think he, he doesn't want to be like that. Like, if he wanted to get back into the coaching game, you know how many people would hire him? Right. He doesn't want to do that. And so this way you could stay involved in football Heck, if he wants to, go do his TV gig once a week still. I don't care. Yeah, we don't need you on Sunday nights, Tony. We're, we're done by then. But that's, like, again, you people have to want to do it, right? I, I don't know if he wants to do it. But I don't understand why you couldn't do that. Like, that, to me, like, I would be vetting that. I, I would say, hey, Tony Dungy. Like, one of the most well-known good men, good people in the NFL who's had success who's seen success, who's also seen failure. And then Jim Caldwell, who, again, I don't want to make Jim Caldwell out to be Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells, but he's better than a lot of other folks that are out in the NFL coaching or now, you know, on the sideline. Sure. And then you get those two sound football men, those two sound men, human beings, and you then get the next best option as a, as a GM, and it can be a younger guy and they get to tutor him and help him along in some of the pitfalls. And then you, you just you change the, the way your organization looks. Can you imagine having Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell, and Trevor Lawrence? Not really. I, I mean, I, I, I physically can't. Like, that's just too many things that seem like it would go right for the Jags. And, and again, you can ask these people these things, and they might not want to do it. You know, like, I get that. I understand that. They might just Well, you know at least one of them wants to do Well, Trevor, obviously, as well. But you know, obviously, Jim Caldwell wants to do it. I do feel like, yeah, that, that's happened, right? I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he wants back in. Yeah. And and so... Or else there is a lot of smoke and Listen, no fire. it's easy for me to spend other people's money. Um, it's Same. not my money. I don't know what it would... Again, Dungy may not want any part of it. But why not try and see if it would work? Again, I just sit here t uh, a week from today, 
and say the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick in the draft. They're two and fourteen. They just got crushed by the Patriots, and they're going into 2022. And in your organization right now, you had Urban Meyer, who nobody respected and really liked around the NFL anyway, but you gave it a go. You have Trent Baalke that this stuff camp comes out. It's, it's been, been messy. It's, it's been, been a bad, bad month of PR, PR locally, locally nationally, nationally, the rest of it. And you, and you bring, bring in Tony Dungy and Jim Caldwell, and you already got Trevor Lawrence in the building, and you say to that young man, who, by the way, is a very good human being, and Trevor Lawrence and value, has values and values being a good human being, like you said, hey, we're bringing these good men in, these good football men in, too. And, and all of a sudden, the respect for your organization, because there is respect as shot, uh, amongst the 32 for shot as an owner. Uh, Tony's right about that. Like there, I've been to the meetings. I've been to NFL drafts. I've, I've been to combines. There is that respect for shot. Well, just amp up the respect that much more by having Dungy, Caldwell, and now this young man who's the face of your franchise. I mean, you could turn it all around right there. Now, you still got to pick the players. You still got to win football games. And you're probably going to win the offseason by doing it. But at least you change kind of the perception and you give your organization the best chance to succeed. Like, if you have those options out there, pick up the phone. Give them a call. See if they'd be interested. It's been a messy few years in Jacksonville now. You can't deny that. I mean, I'm as positive as you can get. You can't deny how messy it's been here in Jacksonville. And so I just feel like... Not only would that be from a perspective, a perception standpoint, the respect for the organization would go up, but I actually think it would help you win. Like, I really think that would help you win. We all believe around here, or at least most, if you did a poll, every, the satisfaction rate of Jim Caldwell being the coach would be high. You agree, Casey? I agree that it would definitely be satisfactory. Yeah, I, I think if they end up right now with Peterson or him, I think people would vote i like the hire more than i don't like the hire yeah i think there'd be a lot more questions about leftwich and the enemy and mcdaniels and all the rest and so if you did that alone and then you have dungy as an advisory role of some sort man oh man i just think that would help you i really do and then those guys now you got real football people football people that are well respected around the league because it's important to be respected around the league when you make trades, when you lean on people for advice, those kind of things. I don't know if Trent Balky has that. I don't know. I think it's a mixed bag on Balky when it comes to that. Yeah. And it, definitely Urban Meyer didn't have that. <laughs> Absolutely not. And so they they really, again, I'm, I'm living in a pipe dream here because, like, you could seriously throw the bag at Tony Dungy and he might say no. Very, yeah. Very possible. But the idea of that, and, and by the way, there are other personnel people out there that could make sense, not just Dungy. There are a lot of personnel people out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going back and forth yesterday with some folks, and, and we came up with some names. Um, I mean, some you know, some you don't know. And Do you think there's a reason for Shad to be gun-shy to do the exact same thing he did with Caldwell with Dungy because that didn't work the first time? Obviously, different people. But do you think there's a reason he'd be like, I don't know if I want to do that? No, because I think the, the bottom line is I think there's – I'm not as all in on the method of that as every, a lot of other people are, I'll admit. Like a lot of people think that that, that uh, triangular uh, or three-headed monster was the way to go. You've got an EVP, an advisor, if you will. You've got a GM, uh, and you've got a coach. I still think that could be too many cooks in the kitchen. 
I really do. Um, unless that advisor is just so strong, right? And and Tom, and Tom Coughlin was strong. But there's a there's a fair argument to make that he was beyond his years and the NFL had changed and the players had changed and he couldn't do what you used to do. Uh, Tony Dungy, I think he kind of, he's not that guy anyway. Like he, he attacks it a different way. And I think that's why Caldwell's name's hot because they attack it a different way. It's not abrasive. And I think that still resonates with a young player. And so I don't mind that way, but I also don't mind the Gus Bradley, Dave Caldwell way. But in both instances, I don't care if you go either or. You just got to pick the right people. And I think you'd have a hard time convincing people that Jim Caldwell and Tony Dungy pair would not be the right people. Yeah, no. I uh, Yeah, I think you make a good point there. And, I mean, hope, I, mean I think uh, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it because it seems like a perfect scenario, and this is Jacksonville. So that's what scares me. But let me ask you this about Trent Baalke. And I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask it anyway, so I'll just be ready to laugh at me. Do you think he gets too much credit for drafting Trevor Lawrence? Uh, like, no, I don't think anybody gives him credit for drafting Trevor Lawrence. Okay. That, yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say, but I'm just checking. I'm just checking all avenues because I'm trying to figure out still why he would be retained, and that's my only thought. I don't know. Just thought I should ask. Well, listen, I think the best move Balky made, to be honest with you, because I think this might have been his move, is, is uh, the Dan Arnold trade. I think Dan Arnold trade, you know, after swallowing the fact that he was a top 10 pick and you're already getting rid of him, what they got for him and to get Dan Arnold, I think was pretty good. It helped your quarterback out this year. It helped the immediate. It might help you long term. He looked like he made a difference on the field. Like, to me, that was the move that 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 was not a Urban Meyer move. Like, Tyson Campbell might have been an Urban Meyer move. He knew him since high school. Right. You know, ETN was definitely an Urban Meyer move. Uh, you know, Walker Little, who knows, right? Uh, and, and who knows? We can't give those guys unbelievable grades yet. You know, there's, there's stories that, that Balky didn't want Chase on at 20. He wanted somebody else. Well, great. You know, you know how many GMs do that or personnel people do that after the fact? Yeah, I, I wasn't sold on them. Well, you weren't pushing the buttons. So, I mean, what story should we believe, you right. know? Um, and, and everybody's going to – listen, you make enough picks, you make enough moves, sooner, some of them are going to hit. I mean, listen, we I mean, can do a Twitter poll around here and there'd be more moves that have hit over the last five years. So, uh, anyway, I, uh, I mean, I think. I that mean, could be uh, a whole segment. I, like, I, like I, I hear what you're saying. Like, yes, there will be some. But, like, the obvious ones, the ones that you need to get right are always wrong. Yeah, well, that's my point. Like, I think we could have put in the last five drafts, if you took what Twitter wanted, uh, and did a poll, you probably would do better than what the Jags have done. Right. You know, and I, no matter who's in place. Uh, to be honest with you, what the, like, really, Tony Khan, when he joined us, his department has found some nice players. Yeah. You know, I mean, the James Robinsons, the Corey Grant, who knows who they whiffed on, too, you know? But they that's found fair. some nice players, and, and that's those are more needle in the haystack kind of picks. Um, so... Let's get South Beach Gary on. Uh, you can jump into 904-362-9901. I'm sure South Beach Gary wants to uh, rave about his Dolphins, and he should. Seven wins in a row. What's happening, man? Seven in a row, my friend. The first team in NFL history to lose seven in a row and then win seven in a row. It's amazing. The same year. It's amazing. Uh, now, listen, I, I will say this. You know me, South Beach Gary. I've been, I think it's, it's hard to win in the NFL. Like A lot of people on this Jim Caldwell thing have said, yeah, but he's like 4-25, and 25 or they're throwing out that number, which I don't even think is right, but I think I saw somebody correct the number. Bottom line is his record against winning teams isn't great. 
Well, it doesn't matter in this league that much. We'll get to that point later on. I did the, the stats yesterday. The Jags are 0-16 against like 500 or losing record teams in the last two years. <laughs> you know what? I mean, if that's all the teams that the Jags find to beat, kind of like the Dolphins are doing right now, like they, outside of the Ravens, they've beaten nobody in this seven-week stretch. But it's still hard to win. It's still hard to win seven in a row. They're winning, by the way, like by double digits each game, too. So they've certainly turned this thing around and given them a shot. But, yeah, you know, Brent, I, I'm hearing so many bad things from other GMs about Balti, and uh, the word is whispering that people are laughing at the Jags, that they're retaining uh, Balti. It looks like another bad move. I don't know when just clearing out the coach and not taking the GM. I don't understand half a move by Shad Khan instead of making them both moves. And Brent, and uh, I don't like Caldwell and the fact that I heard Bill Parcells once say coaching is a young man's game. And I think Caldwell's been out of it too long and his age and his, his health. There's a lot of uh, check marks against Caldwell. And Brent, you never answered my Nathaniel Hackett thing the other day. You were going to and you never got back to it. I'd like to hear your comments on Nathaniel Hackett and maybe get the Kansas City's assistant GM or Green Bay's assistant GM, a, a, a team that's had success. Uh, I just think tr if he's going to hang on to Balky too long, just like he did Caldwell. And uh, I don't think that with Cod making, Cod making decisions, they may never get out of this. So yeah. Thanks, Brent. Uh, thanks, South Beach Gary. Appreciate it. Uh, the First of all, I'm not a big fan usually of the older hire either. I think in this situation, Jim Caldwell is a little different. I can't look past what he did in Detroit. I think that was pretty spectacular. I also like the connection to the indie days and to Peyton Manning and the connection that Trevor Lawrence has with Peyton Manning. I think there's something there that could be valuable in the development of Trevor Lawrence. Now, he doesn't need Jim Caldwell to do it, but I think I like the connection there, um, and I might be overvaluing it, but I like it. I also just think to steady this thing out, to find a guy that will just, even, even in bad years, win six, seven, eight games. Because that's what some do. Can you find that guy? Well, he did that in Detroit. I'm okay with that. I'm willing to take a risk on that. And I, but I am with you. I'm usually like the younger guys, too. Not in this. Younger is riskier right now. Uh, and I'm okay with Peterson, too, second go-around guy, because I think he'd accomplish the same thing. Even in bad years, find a way to win five, six, seven, maybe even eight games. I think he can do that. Uh, right now, we have people in place in Jacksonville that don't know how to win three games in a season, which is really hard to do in the NFL. But yeah. they don't know how to get to the third win of the season. Yeah. I mean, that is a bad thing where you have teams like Detroit at least has a tie in two wins, and Houston, who's got an awful roster in four wins, and David Culley's never even been a head coach before, but he found a way to do it. The Jets have yeah. found a way to double their win total and get to four. Yeah. I mean, that is a problem in Jacksonville. As for Nathaniel Hackett, listen, I love Hackett. I think he, ha he is the best offensive coach the Jags have hired and had in the last decade, and maybe even more. I like Hackett. I don't know why we're not hearing his name more. I don't know. I don't view him in the head coaching role yet for some reason. And maybe that's shame on me. Uh, but I don't see it happening. I don't think you're hearing a lot of him in terms of the names being thrown about. Maybe there are just too many other good candidates at the moment with better resumes, and it's their turn. It's not just not Hackett's turn yet. Could be the case. I don't. 
I'm not advocating for the Hackett move. I think he'd be awesome for the organization. I think he's a good dude. I think he'd relate really well to Trevor. That was why Blake Bortles played really good football in that stretch was because of Nathaniel Hackett, their relationship and the plays he called. He did a good job with Blake, the best anybody's ever done. So I think that does speak volumes. But uh, I just don't know from an overall leading the organization if he's ready. I, I don't know if we know that. I think it's very risky. And so... Uh, that's why I don't think you're going to uh, see Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, it, I would probably be critical of the move, even though I like Nate. I, I think I would be critical with all that's out there if Hackett was the guy that they picked. It would, to me, represent a little bit of a cheaper hire and a riskier hire. And there's too many good options out there, uh, probably on the list before you get to Hackett, in my estimation. All right, who is on the list? I, I know we're, we're going to get to this, I promise. Uh, by the way, our Tony Khan interview is now up on our Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. You can subscribe to that, uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. Subscribe to it. Some AEW talk, some Jaguars talk, what he said about Trent Baalke, uh reports, uh, what he said about Trevor Lawrence, uh, what he said about maybe more increased role in the organization. Uh, that is on the podcast. You can subscribe. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right, who's coming? Who are they hiring? What's the list look like? Let's talk about it next. The next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars is coming up on ESPN 690. All right, welcome back, everybody. Brent Morton in Columbus, Ohio. You know, Tuesday's at Top Golf. We don't have it this week in Jacksonville. I was actually at Top Golf today, though, in Columbus, Ohio. So I should have just done the show there. That would have been funny. <laughs> it was kind of ironic, right? Yeah. Uh, They'd have been like, what What are you doing here, sir? <laughs> yeah. You'd have been like, no, it's a thing. Trust me. You just got to call Jacksonville. We do have a... <laughs> oh, go ahead. I think it's funny. Uh, if you were there today, you'd be hanging out with the uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They're over there oh, right now. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about that. That's a uh, good thing. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl still on, of course, with uh, Rutgers and, and Wake Forest uh, set to go on Friday morning. Uh, that game on ESPN and in Jacksonville at 11 a.m. And uh, good to see that game is still on there. Are a lot of bowl games, including one tonight that's getting canceled. Um, and just, uh, man, everything's getting moved around and canceled. And speaking as such, uh, Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, Austin continues to be on vacation. He's skiing the slopes or snowboarding or something uh, this afternoon, spending time with the family. Uh, did you see Carson Wentz goes on the COVID list? I'm sure you saw it. I did. Uh, the latest report is they could give Philip Rivers a call. And word mm -hmm. was, I think the Saints yeah. gave Philip Rivers a call, and he said, "Nah, it's all right. I'm, I'm gonna." Oh no, the Saints, I think, gave Drew Brees Drew a call. Drew Brees, right? And he tweeted like a picture of him golfing. Yeah, he was. But chilling. I think somebody else actually did give Philip a call, and he said, "No thanks." I can't remember who it was. That's but, interesting because he well, said at the beginning of the year he might consider it. He did, and and would he consider it for a team like the Colts that he knows, you know, mm -hmm. that he's been a part of, and he knows the offense. Yeah. And, I mean, is that their – who's their backup? In, in Sam Indy? Ellinger is scheduled to start from Texas. Yeah, I mean, let's I – mean, yeah, you'd rather have Phillip Rivers, who hasn't played in three months, wouldn't you, if he's in decent shape? I mean, here's the thing. Like, can if you can turn around and hand off the ball, Jonathan Taylor, does not matter? Yeah, and by the way, here's this. You You would – at least know, like, a guy who can operate the offense and can see stuff and can get you into checks and, and better run plays, whereas Ellinger doesn't know any of that stuff, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I know uh, Ellinger's pretty mobile, so I, I know they bring him in a lot, too. Like, when they QB sneak, they bring him in or they run an option with him. I don't think you want to run an option all game, but he does give you something that Carson Wentz doesn't. Yeah, so, uh, and, and by the way, these... 
do you fault? It's a tough question, right? Do you fault the unvaccinated players now that are putting their teams in some pretty tough spots? The bottom line is, I don't know how sick Carson Wentz is, um, but he has to test because he's unvaccinated. Right. If he's not sick and he's asymptomatic, he wouldn't have had the test and he wouldn't have missed these games. Now, he might still have it, of course, but we wouldn't know. Right. And so that's not great either. I get it. But, I mean, that's a tough spot. I mean, I think uh, was Darius Leonard the same way for them? I know he missed last week. Is he missing another game? So these are, this, is a, this is a big couple of games for Indianapolis now, and the quarterback's not going to be there. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough situation. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess really all that matters is Carson. the only thing Carson Wentz is going to care about is how his teammates feel, and you'd believe this far into the season they've had that conversation and he knows kind of how they're going to react to this. But at the end of the day, you put your team at a disadvantage because you are the quarterback. But, look, you have to do what you think is best for you. I'm not going to uh, – fault him for that he thinks that's it's his decision to make so he can do what he wants to do but at the end of the day yeah if they don't make the playoffs because they lose a game to the las vegas raiders i'm sure there's going to be some bad blood towards carson wentz but hopefully inside the building they're all on the same page yeah but here's the thing your teammates just like the contract stuff and the contract stuff's different because you can't control a lot of that and that's the business and it's about making your money and they have respect for that i think initially people might have been like hey man you do what you got to do you have your beliefs blah 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 Oh, wait, you might cost us a spot at the playoffs? Damn it, man, why weren't you vaccinated? You know, you could see a sure. little bit of that. And and I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of that. And quite frankly, in the emotion of the moment, while it might not be the best way to react, if I'm a teammate of his and we lose the football game and we're out of the playoffs over the next couple of weeks, I are playing the Jags in the last week, yeah. but uh, I think I would be a little bit mad initially. Now, I might come to my senses, but I think the emotion of it would be like, what the hell, man? Like if, if you can't score points all of a sudden, I mean, listen, Carson Wentz made a big-time play in that game, uh, what was it, Thursday night, Saturday night? Against, mm -hmm. Yep, Arizona. I, I forget when they played. Yeah, Saturday night. Yep. And uh, that was a huge play in that game. Yeah. So, Ellinger's not making that play. I don't even think Carson Wentz is, is that great. Right. I mean, look, to your point, Carson Wentz, I think, is just average, and that's okay. But... As long as, and I hate to say it this way, but as long as Jonathan Taylor's healthy, the Colts are going to win the football game if they can just keep handing him the ball. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But it's a tough situation, and hopefully that they'll figure it out with Carson Wentz and what they do. But to answer your overall question with Phillip Rivers, I wouldn't call him. You wouldn't? I would not. I'd ride with Sam Ellinger. I would. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the intrigue of it, I think, that I like. I think I would call Phillip Rivers. I, I think I'd rather have Phillip Rivers start an important game for me, even though he hasn't played, than Ellinger. He hasn't played either, you know. <laughs> like, no, I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I get that. I, I, I just, I don't know. Like, Phillip Rivers, we saw Phillip Rivers at the end of his career last year, and that didn't do a lot for me. Yeah. I know I'm going to get, by the way, I just asked, like, do you fault Carson Wentz for not being vaccinated? And I'm going to get a lot. I'm already getting, like, what? And blah, 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 all this stuff. I, I get, I'm going to get that. Yep. The, the reason why, which you got to consider here, this isn't like get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. It, The unvaccinated player automatically misses two games. So it's it's like, listen, if he's got COVID, he's got COVID. But first of all, he doesn't have to be tested every day. And so he wouldn't necessarily miss unless he's got symptoms and then wanted to be tested. And, and again, I mean, a different way to feel about that. If you got it, then you should be tested and you probably should miss. But you basically automatically miss the next two. 
whereas if he was vaccinated, he could test again on Monday or Tuesday, be cleared out of the protocol, and he's, he's fasted. He doesn't have the symptoms. He, he doesn't test positive. And then he can get right back out there. So there is a big distinction between an unvaccinated player and a vaccinated player yeah. uh, this year. And, and so, and at that position, you know, when this all started, remember we start, we talked about this a bunch, like when the pandemic started, it's like, it's not, we're talking about that position. We're talking about the quarterback position. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I know we're going to get a lot of different views and probably fall under the uh, broader umbrella. I mean, the next views. the next question with Philip Rivers is: Is he vaccinated? Because if not, there's no point to even talk about it. Well, that's a good point too. Yeah, that's a very. I mean, we're not going to know that answer probably because I I don't imagine that he'll be playing quarterback for the Colts on Sunday if it's Tuesday. But I mean, we'll never know that answer. But that 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 will play a part into it. Maybe maybe that's why he said no before. I mean, you don't know. Yeah, that could be true, right? I mean, they vet that out, and I don't think anybody's come out with that, but. Um, he that could be the case and it feels like if he wanted to play like the way that things work today he'd just go on twitter and be like i'm vaccinated and ready to play or someone would report it you know what i mean we haven't seen that or i haven't i don't think yeah to to that point i don't feel like he is a guy that's like vouching the play like you're gonna have to pull him off the couch right right i mean i think he made his up mind up but it's got to be intriguing man he did leave it open at the beginning of the year. I think it's got to be did. a little bit intriguing. Uh, all right, so here's the, here's the coaching candidates. On day one of the interview request window, according to Tom Pelissero, and there's been different coaches. Um, I didn't see this one. This one came out in the last hour. We were just talking about Hackett. Uh, South Beach Gary had asked about him. I guess they did put in a request to interview Hackett. I'll add him to the list. So uh, that's interesting that Hackett could be on. I mean, who isn't on the list? Here's the list. Todd Bowles, Jim Caldwell, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator of the Colts, Hackett, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore, Doug Peterson, Dan Quinn. Daryl Bevel. And Daryl Bevel, who's going to get the courtesy interview, I think. Although, did you say Leslie Frazier? uh, Leslie Leslie Frazier's another one. So two, four, six, eight, ten. Hmm. Anybody? No, I, that my list checks out now. I had Bevel and Frazier. So Bowles, Caldwell, Everflus, Hackett, Leftwich, Moore, Peterson, Quinn, Frazier, and who did you just add? Daryl Bevel. Bevel, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about those candidates when we come back. we got to take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 will roll on. And what about these candidates? Is it too many? Like, what are we doing here? This should be like a two-horse race. Jim Caldwell or Doug Peterson? Well, let's go over some of these guys and give you some of the pluses and minuses of hiring uh, any or all of them. <laughs> there we go. Sometimes, by the way, I do think you interview people to potentially add them to your staff. Yeah, that's fair. You know, that could be the case. Uh, we'll see. Let's talk more about it. We come back. ESPN 690 rolls on here on a Tuesday. it's interesting since we you know we had more unvaccinated players than average i don't know where we end up falling in that pole but obviously below the midline um but yet we were one of the last teams to have somebody test positive so you know i think we were doing you know showing that our players our organization were doing a lot of things right at some level you feel like it's going to catch up to you eventually not just the vaccinated unvaccinated question but just in general with just how rampant it seems and it's unfortunate I assume that's Frank Reich, Indianapolis head coach. That would be correct. Yeah, that's uh, big news out of Indy today uh, that uh, Carson Wentz missed the next couple of games. 
uh, going on the COVID list. Jags put a bunch of players on the COVID list uh, yesterday. Uh, they put Logan Cook on injured reserve today, so his season's done. He's a terrific punter for the Jags. Uh, very consistent. Unfortunately, the most consistent player this team has had really the last couple of years. He'll miss the final couple of Should have been a games. pro bowler. Probably should have. Um, you know, the other guy, I think, is it the Raiders guy? Yeah. I think he, he did have a really good year. Yeah, so. but come on. Logan's I, always out there. I know. <laughs> I went out there as much against the Jets. So that was positive. Uh, Brett Martineau along with Casey Kurtz. All right, let, let's go. I've been, I've been saying I'm going to talk about this forever, and we, we get on to some other things, so my bad. Uh, we did talk a little bit about Nathaniel Hackett. The Jags have requested an interview to, to uh, talk to Hackett and talk to a bunch of others. Give us the list. Oh, uh, okay, so we got Jim Caldwell. We got Doug Peterson. We got Daryl Bevel. We got Byron Leftwich. We got Les- Leslie Frazier. We got Hackett, as you said. Uh, we have Bulls. We have Dan Quinn. And we have Kellen Moore. Oh, right, so and we have Eber Flus. That's right, uh, from the defense coordinator of the Colts. Cool. Listen, I don't mind some of these guys on the list. It's great that you have a lot of people on the list, but why are we making this harder than it should be? Yeah, I I mean, isn't, I this, isn't this simple? Jim Caldwell, if he wants to be interviewed, if he wants the job, potentially. Doug Peterson, if he wants to be interviewed, if he wants back in the game, if he's interested in the job, let's go. I mean, two of those guys, make a decision between the two you like. You've got a Super Bowl-winning coach. You've got a guy who's done the best with the Detroit organization that's been done in decades over a four-year span. Uh, you've, got, you've got guys that will settle this thing down a little bit. They know the NFL. They know how to win. I mean, why are we muddying this thing up uh, uh, other than – I mean, you don't need 10 interviews to justify, like, your process. Yeah, I, I don't know what the point is. Like, you can't – anything po- – I feel like nothing positive can come out of interviewing a bunch of people because then, if anything, your judgment is clouded with all these other conversations. Absolutely. Here's my question. You're a big second-time guy, right, nowadays for this job, second-time head coach? Yeah. I, I, right now, given the state of this franchise – Yes, I believe I'm a big believer in that. I think it calms the waters. It gets me wins. Uh, they know what they're doing. It's not r- as risky as as some of the other moves. And and there's two of them out there. Well, there's three. How you feel about the Cowboys' defense? Oh, Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, actually, you're right. It, it, Quinn's an interesting one. I think Quinn is a little bit too soon. But I, I will say, who told me? Somebody told me this. I'm not going to tell you who told me anyway, but I was on the phone the last couple of days, and somebody said that, and they've been around the league for a while, they weren't sure they've ever seen players gravitate to a coach like they did Dan Quinn. Like run through the wall for him. And he is doing an unbelievable job with that defense. It fizzled out in Atlanta. They did go to a Super Bowl, though. I know they, they, they blew the lead. I get that. I'm well aware. Well, but by the way, the, the other part of that is, like, would it be the worst thing in the world for this organization to bring Dimitrov and, like, Dan Quinn in? No. I mean, I and, and so. take the years that they had with Matt Ryan and, and company? Yeah. I mean, again, I don't think it would get everybody juiced up. But would it be the worst thing this organization has seen? No. Dan, Probably not. Dan like, Quinn all of a sudden interests me. Even if you put even if you put Dimitrov in as that EVP role, right? right. Like like elevate him to kind of like help another guy out in the GM role. So I don't know. Like I I don't love. Listen, I'm not advocating that, but I think it's a possibility. Uh, the reason I don't love Dan Quinn is then where does it fall on the development of the young quarterback? Well, like, yeah, I mean for sure you have to you have to hire somebody absolutely, but 
the, the, the Cowboys' defense is going to carry them, it looks like. The offense is up and down. If Would it be the worst thing to have a great defense, Brent, like at this point? Can we have something to hang our hat on, even uh, if it's a great defense? That. Yeah, you need it. Yeah, you need it. Listen, Dan Quinn, again, I, not the worst. I don't love it. I think they're, I'd rather Peterson or, or Caldwell. Eh. I mean, I, you're probably right, but I'm just – it intrigues me a little bit. I it feel does. like it should intrigue you well, for what they're doing. It intrigues me more because I talked to somebody who, like, raved about him. Well, there you go. Just yesterday. Me and that person, we're, we're on the same wavelength. I don't know who it is, but we're on the same All right, I want to go over page. some of these more candidates. Plus, back to bulky. That's the big topic of the day, what Tony Khan had to say, uh, and more. Coming up, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Football at 5, up next on a Tuesday. Yeah.